that plays the uh, the Oompa Loompa. He plays like all of the Oompa Loompas. That was one guy. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, Deep Roy is his name. Deep Roy. Yeah. So Deep Roy sounds like a like a. It sounds, well, it sounds like a classified like military thing. <laughs> it sounds like somebody who would be in an adult in adult entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, still a little person. <laughs> anyway, so he uh, he's been in like a lot. He was in the the Never Ending Story. He was uh, in the original Star Wars films or whatever when they needed Yoda to like actually get up and walk. He was the person they put in the costume to get up and walk, and he played one of the Ewoks. Oh, so he wasn't he wasn't a puppet the entire time. Uh. I don't think so. I don't think they like he wasn't I, the first film that Yoda was ever in. He was definitely a puppet. Yeah, and he was definitely like I don't know marionetted. He was puppeted. No, you can go online and like find it. Like they have uh, pictures of that Deep Roy guy or whatever, like standing there, and they're like putting the costume on him. Really? Yeah, it's pretty wow. interesting because I, I wasn't aware that that was even the case. Well, I know that they, there was a guy inside of the R two D two. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, the Chewbacca costume had like air conditioning. I would imagine. I would hope so. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, they're gonna like we're gonna go out in the middle of the like the Serengeti, the Serengeti <laughs> desert to film this scene, and you gotta wear your 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 hair costume. Yeah. Like we we're, we're gonna have to shoot in like three minute intervals. <laughs> Put on your hair suit. Time to go. You know, a lot of I like to look at um, you know. When you have a an actor who's in a costume or or some kind of prosthetic that's like, because um, cause practical effects go a lot further than, than digital yeah. effects do, but even now, um, so I always find it interesting to see like how much time they had to spend like in the makeup chair to, you know, get their whole get up on, and uh, I think um, Jim Carrey. This might be this might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Jim Carrey. Um, when he played the Grinch, it took them 12 hours to get all that shit on him. I don't know if it was 12, but I remember it being like a long time. And I'm he, pretty sure it was 12. He talked about how torturous yeah. it was. Like, that was like the worst part of like filming that entire movie. Yeah, I could imagine. I mean, and you know, they, because like they had to like build the face up right mm-hmm. with like, I guess, plaster or yeah. something. And then, you know, he had to put on them like yellow contacts and, Ugh. um, I mean, you do that, you sit there through all that, and now you got to go shoot your scenes. Yeah. So, but I imagine it's like... And he's probably got like 12 hours worth of scenes to do. Yeah. I mean, they would probably get better at it as the filming goes on. Yeah. And they shave like a, maybe an hour or so off. But still like, so much of your life is tape putting on and yeah. then taking that shit off. You know, the worst part about it is too, is like, it. I'm... I'm sure, like, it probably wouldn't be, like, the first, like, quarter of it was probably, like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to do this for, like, X amount of days or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, the middle of it, I'm sure you kind of, like, get into, like, the swing of... Like, this is just how it like, is. Like, this is just how it is. Yeah. But I'm sure that, like, towards the end of that third quarter, like, yeah. it's just fucking miserable. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm almost there, but I'm not quite yeah. there yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I'm sure the last day was probably like, oh, thank God this is the last day Imagine or whatever. Imagine there was, it like wrapped up and then you like got called in for a reshoot. Yeah. Like, oh my God, you have like PTSD. <laughs> I gotta put that fucking thing back on. <laughs> but you imagine like you still have like 25 more days to go of this. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> a long 25 days. There was, um, I don't, I don't know the name of the girl from the first X-Men movies that played Mystique, but I know that Jennifer Lawrence was Mystique in a few of them. Uh, was she the one of the New Age ones? Maybe. Yeah, I think that's right. But, you know, they had to paint that person's whole body blue and then put that uh, red uh, wig on them and then put the, scales all yeah, over scaly them. scaly stuff and everything. Yeah. I feel like the biggest trick would be, especially considering, like, the Grinch, is, like, continuity. <laughs> Like, you got to make him look exactly, exactly the way yeah. he did on all the other scenes. Yeah, I'd be horrible at that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he looks different every time. Like, in this one shot, he's got, like, alopecia. He's like, they forgot to put the hair on him, and nobody caught it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what, like, their QA process is for that. Like, I'm sure they probably have, like, a quality assurance team that goes yeah. through and checks all that stuff. I'm sure but. they do. Yeah, I just... I'm not good with monotony, um, so I feel like just having to sit there in a chair while people glued shit on me all day long, that would drive me insane. I know that the guy who played Gimli, uh, John John Reese davis I think his name is, um, he was actually allergic to the glue that they were putting on his face really? for, for that beard, and like every time that they did it, he would get like these horrible rashes just all over mm. his face. And so they would try and shoot as much as they could yeah. with him, you know, when he when he was try uh, to minimize the amount of time that he has to spend. But that's across three movies. Yeah, yeah. They filmed all those in one go, though, didn't they? From what I, I've heard that before, I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that they filmed everything while they were there. Was well, and it kind of makes boy, sense. boy, that's that's having some faith in the yeah, some no faith shit. in the material. But, I mean, it kind of makes sense to do it that way because, like we said, think about the logistics of moving all those people out to New Zealand. and Boy, could you and, imagine being, like, the project manager for that and, like, yeah. trying to keep track of, like, okay, well, this scene is for people. this movie. And, yeah. And then, like, you got, you know, they because they used every time, you know, we talked about before, every time they had a big shot showing, like, all the works and everything, like, all that was real people. Yeah. Standing down there with costumes. and. Well, that's what makes that movie so timeless. Or yeah. those movies so timeless. Yeah. There's a couple of, like, some outdated scenes or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's one where um, uh, Saruman, where they're, um, where they're, like, felling the trees into, like, the trenches or whatever. Yeah. And you can obviously tell it's, like, a miniature set and everything. Mm-hmm. But really, other than that, I mean, it's pretty, all of the scenes are, I mean, they're very well thought out and yeah. very well constructed and shot and everything. Yeah, there's a lot of really good composition, shot composition in those movies. There's one scene towards the end of the third movie where um, uh, I think Sam, he gets knocked out or something, and he get he he wakes up and he goes to run into Mount Doom. And the, <clears throat> he's running towards Mount Doom, and the camera's panning away from him. And kind of going up at the same time, so it's showing like uh, oh the yeah, Sauron in the background. But he's, you know, it's all green screen, and they they did a good job, kind of getting like the uh, perspective right of him running towards the, no, the the gates, the gate 
Yeah. Well, not the gates, the uh, the little like opening in the side of the volcano that he runs into. Oh yeah. And if you watch really closely, like the last like two seconds of that shot, he's not tracked right. Yeah. And you, it's very obvious it's just like somebody running against a green screen. Yeah. Because he's not really going anywhere. Yeah. He's like running. In place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like and like the 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 amount of distance that his feet are covering yeah. is not the, the same distance that he's traveling. Yeah. So I think it was felt like. They probably could have done better with that shot, but I mean, they're right here at the end of the movie. Yeah, they're like, let's the just end get of this editing. Yeah. <laughs> like, just get this over with. I'm sick of this shit. And the crazy thing, I think I remember about those movies too, was when they went to like the VMAs and like everything and like all the different awards. They swept everything. Oh, they yeah. just took all of it. Yeah, I mean, I I would I would find myself just like occasionally be like, I want to rewatch that trilogy. Yeah, because it's just it's such a it's such an accomplishment. I'm like, even, you know, taking away, like, all the writing and the storytelling, just, like, you know, the shot composition and the editing and the music yeah. and the acting and everything was just so... All the choreography was just fantastic. There's really no scene in those movies that fall flat. Even if you watch it with, like, all the... Like, the director's cut, like, with the uh, extended scenes and the deleted scenes, some of that stuff you can be like, okay, I see why they... They cut that out. That kind of breaks up the flow of the movie. But yeah. even still, it's it's really incredible. Well, and you can always tell, too, like when somebody, and I think we've talked about this before, when, when you can tell when somebody's like doing a movie or they're doing a TV show or something, people who actually appreciate the source material. Yeah. And they like kind of treat it with respect and everything, mm-hmm. which I think you can, you can obviously tell that in those movies. Oh, yeah. Calls... There's Tolkien. a lot of, lot of reverence. Yeah. It takes itself very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like you look to something like the new Halo series. Yeah. Or it's like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the first three episodes in, he removes his fucking helmet. No, no, the first episode. Oh, the first the episode. First episode I haven't watched any of it, so this yeah. is all just hearsay for me, but. And he says, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> he really, he really, he doesn't. I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. He's like, know, he might. Yeah, I haven't seen all he's the like episodes. He's like doing TikTok dances. <laughs> yeah, he's flossing. <laughs> he like sticks a dude across the map with a sticky grenade. He's like poggers. <laughs> and you know the set, the thing about it is, is like they totally missed the marker. They missed the time frame on when even that should have yeah. even been released. Like, they would have been better served releasing that right after 3 came out. Oh, yeah. They could have done a lot after 3 came out. That was when the Halo the Halo uh, hype was was at its peak, was when Halo 3 released. I mean, <clears throat> they could have done movies and TVs, and they could have done, I mean, all kinds of shit, but I kind of respect that they didn't. Yeah. You know, they just kind of let it be what it was. Yeah. I mean, didn't really, they didn't cloud it with a bunch of other shit. Um, but, yeah, as a Halo fan, it's just been... It's just been L after L for the past 15 years. We we need a win. It's like Halo Infinite, you know, kind of kind of fell out of everybody's good graces because just the multiplayer was such a shit show. Not not from a, like a stability standpoint, like it works no. fine. It's just like there was like no content when they when they officially released the multiplayer. You think it's just because they concentrated too much on the on the storytelling and the well, I mean, I would imagine they have separate teams for that stuff. But, like, you know, it's... But it, Yeah, but at the same time, it comes down to, like, where do the executives want to kind of spend their time at? Yeah. It's, you know... 
you would think that with the way the modern gaming is now, because they 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 focus a lot on multiplayer, because that's where all the people that's where you're going to have most of the people together. They're going to be in multiplayer. Yeah, well, it seems like that's where a lot of people. That's I guess a lot of people like want theirs to be like an esport. Like yeah, well, whatever. that too. Yeah. Which I'm I'm too old to understand any of that. Well, like everybody wants to be the next Fortnite. Yeah. Because Fortnite had, you know, they had those tournaments and like the the grand prize was thirty million dollars. Yeah. If they're giving the person who That's won, so insane. If they're me. giving the person <laughs> who is, won thirty million dollars, how much do you think they made yeah. off of all that? That's so insane to me. Yeah. But the thing about Halo Infinite was, okay, it's like if you compare Halo Infinite's multiplayer release to Halo 3's multiplayer release and yeah. the amount of shit that released with Halo 3 yeah. in a finished state, you know, you had King of the Hill, you had Team Deathmatch, you had Oddball, you had Forge and Theater Mode, and you had all, all there's plenty to do. Yeah. When Halo Infinite's multiplayer released, you had like Quick Play and Custom Games, and Quick Play you ran through, like, the same four game modes. So if you were somebody who didn't like to play objective-based modes, yeah. too fucking bad, sometimes you were going to play that. Yeah. So if you all you wanted to do was Team Deathmatch, what people would do is, like, okay, that wasn't Team Deathmatch. They would just dashboard on the Xbox and then reload Halo Infinite until they yeah. got the mode that they wanted. Yeah. Well, then the people who were already queued up in that lobby, all of a sudden you're in a lobby with, you know, one other dude on your team against a full team because everybody else quit. It was just... It, it was just, uh, I don't know. I don't understand. I, I don't make video games, so I don't know what all it takes to put a game mode into a game. But you could go into custom games. There's a tool already built into it yeah. to make your own game mode. Well, not only that, but they've done it in the past. Yeah, so what, I don't understand what the issue yeah. was. Why wasn't that in there? The only thing that It's makes, not like this is a new idea. Yeah. The only thing that makes sense to me is that they arbitra- like arbitrarily withheld like content. Yeah. Because they want they want it to be, they said this is the Halo for the next ten years, because they want it to be like. This, oh, so they want to do like GTA. Yeah, they want it to be this live service, like episodic, updated yeah, thing. Yeah, so they want it to be like software as a service. Though. Yeah, so I think that what they did was they withheld a lot of content. Yeah, your release. fan base can tell that. Though. Yeah, they're like throwing bread to ducks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like little bits at a time. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, take me for example. I was like, okay, there's nothing to do here. I don't want to play this. No. So I moved on to other things. Other things have my attention. So when they're like, hey, we released this for Halo Infinite, I'm like, I don't really want to play Halo, Halo Infinite. No. I, I didn't have fun doing that, so no. I'm not going to go do that again. Well, also, not only that, but you also haven't put yourself on my good graces. Yeah. Yeah, and I, like I said, I think I made it about 40 minutes into Halo Infinite's campaign, and it, I just, it's boring. No. You know, it's, you know, so much of Halo's success is the story writing and the characters and the dialogue and... The composition. The composition, you know, yeah. Most of it's the composition. Yeah, a lot of it, yeah, for sure. Um, Halo Infinite, you know, you know, graphical fidelity, it looks great. I like the character design. I like the art style. I like... um, you know, for the most part, I like the the characters. Yeah. Um, they did they did Master Chief really well, um, especially considering where they left him after four and five. But the thing is, it's boring because it's all the same. It's an open world game, so it falls into that issue that all open world games have, where after a while it's like, okay, this is just I'm doing the same shit I was doing over here. I'm just over here now. No. That's the only thing that changed. 
you know, there's like all these little like side things like climb the tower and like reveal the map. Yeah. I know that was fun the f- one time I did it. Now yeah. you're telling me I have to do it in like 14 other places. Like yeah. it just gets boring after a while. I think they would have been be- they would have been much better served to do like a linear just leave it on rails. Story. And be done yeah. With it. yeah, yeah. But well, it's easier to tell the story that way. Yeah, I think so too, because when you give like it takes a very specific kind of game mm-hmm. with a very specific kind of lore. Yeah. in order to tell the story in that manner. Yeah, and Halo is not that game. No, no. Especially because if you have an open world game, the story can't be about this thing that's time sensitive, because yeah. if if it's up to the player, they're going to spend a lot of time dicking around. Yeah. And that doesn't fit in with the story. There's actually a word for that. It's called ludonarrative dissonance. And the way it works is like, say like during gameplay, right? You get shot. You get shot a bunch and you don't die. But then in a cutscene, you get shot once and the main character's like, oh, I've been shot. Oh, he falls no. over. Like, okay, well, that that's not how that worked when I was playing the game. But in the cutscene, no. that's how that works. So it kind of, it's kind of the same way with the story. Yeah, looking at you, you reach. Yeah. So, yeah, she got fucking one-shotted. Um, <laughs> with a fucking needler. <laughs> yeah, a needle rifle. It's, it's like you have to shoot somebody 20 times with to kill them in the game. But, yeah, so, like, um, I'm trying to think of there's a good example. Oh, so I tell you who did it well was Mass Effect. Um, I don't know if you've ever played any of the Mass Effect games. You can look back further than that. You can look back at Majora's Mask. Yeah, well, there is a very real consequence for dicking around in that yeah. game. Um, yeah, but was it three days? You yeah. had three days. And, yeah, the whole time that you're playing, regardless of what's happening, there's a counter at the bottom of the screen mm-hmm. counting down those three days. And when it runs out, the moon with an angry face crashes into the earth and blows it up, and it's genuinely terrifying. No. <laughs> so when you see it the first I time, you're the like, game I don't ever ga- want to see that again. That game <laughs> gave me so much anxiety as a child <laughs> yeah. that I turned it off and never played it again. <laughs> I love that Like, game. my anxiety was just through the roof the entire yeah. time I was playing it, and I think I had, like, one day left. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I haven't made the progress I was supposed to be making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that game is a lot of fun, though, when you start figuring out, like, people's schedules and things. And it was really creative how they did that, too, because <clears throat> I guess it was Nintendo told, or, uh, yeah, I guess it was Nintendo told the development team, was like, look, we need to make another Zelda game, um, a brand new Zelda game. And uh, Ocarina of Time just came out. So they had this whole new engine with all these assets and all this stuff, and it was like, you've got six months to make this new game. So they're like, okay, well, we're just going to use everything we used to make Ocarina of Time and make a new game based off of that. So it was really clever how they, the three-day restriction was like part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't have much time to to work with anything. But what they had and what they did, I I feel like they made made a good game out of it. But when it comes to like, uh, you know, dicking around in the open world really affecting like you know the story uh mass effect d- does a good job of that um i recently played through that trilogy a while back and there's a part in mass effect 2 where your ship gets boarded by these like the the main bad guy aliens or whatever mm-hmm. and they abduct your crew you the main character and all your squad mates are, are just so happen to be away from it's you know a bit of a Contrivance, no. <clears throat> but you happen to be away from the ship when this happens. Well, then you come back and you find out that everybody's been abducted. 
So there are still things that you have to go and do before you do like this big final assault on the aliens. But if you go right away, as soon as they've been abducted and you go right away and you go rescue them, you can save everybody. Yeah. But if you dick around and you do like six or seven more missions and do all this stuff and you spend all this time doing other things, when you go, you watch them all die because you didn't yeah. you didn't go and get them. So there's like a consequence to not to your actions. To your actions, you know, if you're not playing the well, story. Well, you know the interesting thing too about that trilogy is that unlike a lot of different trilogies is like your decisions also carried over into the next game. Yeah. Which I which I thought was a if if you want to play the game as if you as if you are reading the story mm-hmm. and you are controlling the main character of that story, yeah. and that's the best way to do it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people will poo-poo on Mass Effect 3 just because the ending was really bad. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's a fucking sour ending. It, they didn't... It's not a good ending. Yeah. Because... <clears throat> so the whole point of Mass Effect is there's these, like, sen- sentient machines... They, like, come from, like, the... They come from outside the galaxy. They live in, yeah. like, the dark space outside the yeah. galaxy. Every 50,000 years, which I always thought was a weird thing. Like, you have all these different alien species that kind of cohabitate, and it's like, they all agree what a year is. No. And it's an Earth year. That's strange. Anyway, so every 50,000 years, the Reapers come, and they kill every, they kill all the spacefaring civilizations, and they leave the old the, the younger civilizations behind. Yeah. So then 50,000 years, they can come and get them, and... It's like a cycle. <clears throat> so the whole point is you're trying to stop the Reapers. No. And it's they've been doing this for countless millennia, and it's like, you know, it's this big thing. Like, how are we going to do this? And so you go through all these things, and at the end of the Mass Effect 3, um, you have three choices that you can make. You can kill yourself in order to kill all the Reapers, but it doesn't just kill the Reapers. It kills the other sentient machines like... they're on your team and like Mm -hmm. are like good people and so it's like there's a sacrifice there and then there's synergy which is where you mesh the consciousness of all the living beings with all the sentient machines and it's like that's really weird I don't want to do that or you can try and control the reapers which the main bad guy of the game has been pushing for the entire time yeah He's like, we need to control the Reapers. And the entire time, your guy's like, no, I'm not doing that. And then you get to the very end, he's like, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and there's technically a fourth ending where you don't do anything and just let them win. Yeah. So nobody was happy with how with any of those three Well, it just options. doesn't seem very flushed out. No. Well, And I think, too, I think where a lot of studios get it wrong is that – I don't think that they treat their stories as if it were a novel. Yeah. Which you would think that... You gotta have the ending in mind. Yeah, you would think that, like, you write the ending first. Yeah. And then you structure the entire story around it. You know where you want to get. Yeah. Now you can worry about how you get there. Yeah. Rather than, here's where we started, where the fuck are we going, and how do we get there? Yeah. It's like, because the way I've always heard is you write the ending first. Yeah. And then you write the beginning, and then, so now you have your premise... And you have your ending, and yeah. now you can figure the, out the rest of the shit in the middle. Yeah. You can go as crazy as you want to as long as everything gets to this point, Yeah, from this point to the other. Mass Effect also did um, a lot of, especially a lot of modern games will do what I, <clears throat> there's probably a word for it, but I call it rain taking. When the game takes control away from you, 
to make sure that you see this cinematic thing that happens, yeah. right? So, like, you're if you you're playing as a character and say you open a door and you walk outside, you're in control. You did all that. All of a sudden, like the camera pans away and like it does this automatic thing and it shows the dude fall off a cliff. Yeah, I was like, it would to me. I feel like it would it would make the world in the game feel more fleshed out and real if I happen to see that myself. Because yeah. other players could just walk straight through the door and keep going and never see that happen. No. But if the camera's like, oh, look at this thing that's happening. And it's like, well, that doesn't really... Yeah, it's not like It doesn't convey happen, yeah. the same emotion. It's like, I saw that happen rather than that was shown to me. No. Mass Effect has a lot of moments in... Uh, especially Mass Effect 3, because that's when shit really hits the fan. Like, up until that game, people, everybody you're trying to convince to help you doesn't even believe the Reapers are real. No. And uh, now they're here, and it's like, oh... <laughs> So at the end of the mass at the end of Mass Effect Three, there's this big push to like. You're, you, you, there's like a, uh, like a teleporter or whatever. Mm-hmm. It'll get you to like the main spaceship that'll help you destroy the Reapers. And it's there's like four Reapers standing around it, and they're shooting lasers and killing everybody. And it's no. like this one final charge, like hurrah! The he like huzzah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> runs down the hill to go to the teleporter. Yeah. Any other game would have made that a cutscene. But you actually do it. You actually have to run yeah. down there, and the fact that you do it yourself makes that makes that so much bigger. Well, you're not breaking the immersion. Yeah, you're not breaking the immersion. It's like I'm doing this final charge rather than I'm watching the final charge happen. Yeah. Call of Duty is real bad about that nowadays, where you know they'll you know, and that's such a shame too. Yeah. Because I remember like the old school yeah. Call of Duty, like the like Call of Duty Two and stuff like that, or it's like they. Do you think that that is like a uh, a product of just the environment that they're in currently, like where it's like they feel like they have to put these cutscenes in? <laughs> because I feel like back in the day it was more about the gameplay and the storytelling, yeah. not so much about like oh look at the new graphics engine that we're using. I feel like that's yeah. a lot of what that is now. Yeah, they're wanting to show off. Yeah, and they'll do like these like they'll do these cutscenes like these little mini cutscenes that like. Are like perfectly graphically optimized, and you know they want to make sure you see this. No. Where in the old game it was like, you know, in the old, especially considered like way back in like World at War, which is a fantastic Call of Duty. There were so many things that happened just kind of naturally that might happen to you, but not happen to not happen to me, just depending on how you're playing mm-hmm. that specific point. But I think now why they do it is it might be a lot of that showing off, like the the tech. But I also feel like modern game devs don't trust players as far as, like, their ability to actually play their game. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's really... I feel like that happens a lot, too, with, like, this unnatural dialogue where other characters in the game are telling you how to, like, use items. No. Or they'll be like, remember, press the A button to jump. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, you're like 50 <laughs> hours into the game. It's like, yeah, I know. I had to jump to get up here for you to tell me that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, also, too, it's like, if you're if you're trying not to break the immersion, like, why would you tell the player, just like, don't, don't forget to press the start menu. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, if I'm acting as if I am the player, it's like, what are you talking what about? What the hell are you man? talking about? <laughs> the start menu. <laughs> yeah. Imagine like you walked up to some dude in the street in real life and he's like, remember to roll out of the way when you see danger. It's like, what are you? You think, like, oh, that's just a crazy old person. <laughs> It's like a bus comes by. <laughs> yeah, it's like a quick time event in real life. 
<laughs> you're like, whoa. You have to press B. And if you don't, you just get smacked by the bus. <clears throat> a lot of games nowadays, too, there's no there's no consequence to, like, for failing. No. You know what I mean? Like, they're really, like. As opposed to, like, the old, like, Mario games yeah. or Sonic games where it's yeah. like. Hey, buddy, you got three lives. Yeah, you got to get through this whole game. Yeah, <laughs> three, lives. three lives. And if you die three times, you go back to the beginning. Too bad. That could have been like a, an issue with like memory, like storage. Oh yeah. You know. So, but like, yeah, games nowadays will quick save like every two seconds. Yeah. So like you die and then you respawn right where you died. It's like, well, then what was the point of dying anyway? If no. I'm just gonna be right here when I come back, you know, just I might as well be invincible. Yeah. <clears throat> That's why I like Elden Ring, because there's a there's a big consequence to dying in Elden Ring, because you have to you know you collect they're called runes you collect runes when you kill something, and you get enough runes you can level up but you get one point to put into like eight different stats yeah so you, just, you really gotta you know where am I putting this one point yeah and it's like okay well I want to use this weapon eventually so I'm gonna level up until I can get a hold of that well if you die. You lose all your runes, but you have a chance to go and get them. But yeah. if you die before you get them, they're gone forever. So if you're at a point where you need like eighty thousand runes to level up, that's a lot of runes. Yeah. That's not chump change. And it's like, okay, I just need two thousand more runes and I can level up. And especially if you get locked into a boss battle that's like particularly difficult and he's killing you every time you go in there. No. And you go through, you go into the boss room, the first thing you do is you go and you grab those runes before you even worry about him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like running for your life the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's got to be a consequence to failure, you know? No. Well, it's more indicative of what real life is. Like, <laughs> people want to play the games for the fantasy aspect of it. Right. However, there needs to be like a sprinkling... Of like, of some, like yeah. some real life consequences yeah. of what's actually going on here. Well, it gives it depth, you know. Yeah. It gives everything meaning. If what you're doing is if you know you're just steamrolling everything, then well, that's no fun. That's not fun. I mean, it might be fun for some people, but I mean, I don't. You know, it's like if you ever played a game and then you put cheats it's, on, no, and then all of a sudden it's not fun anymore. It's fun for like two seconds, and you're like, oh well, it's not fun being a, a god amongst men, you know. I well, can, it's also the no same. It's also the same problem that a lot of people have. Well, it's the same problem I have with like Superman. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like I can't identify with this, with this omnipotent yeah. being. Yeah. There's no like they. There's this really contrived green rock that you know you can just pull out whenever you need Superman to to fail. Yeah. You know, the for the story. Yeah, it's just like, I'm super good, and yeah. I'm also invincible. Yeah. It's like we said before, you know, Superman's written better to be a villain. Oh, yeah. Right? Super strong, powerful, but he's got the one weakness. Yeah. That's like a villain thing. Yeah. You know, like, oh, my only weakness. That's not like a superhero thing. Superheroes usually have several weaknesses that they have and to fight And wasn't it they came up with that weakness, like, later on in the story? I've, I don't know. Superman's been around since the fucking 50s. I know that the first iteration of Superman, he couldn't fly. He could only jump. Really, oh, really? really? high, yeah. And he also had the ability to have whatever powers he wanted. Oh. Yeah. So, was he written by a 12-year-old? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My power is to have all the powers. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure like in, he, his de- debut was in Action Comics number one or something like that. No. It's that, you know, that, that classic picture of him holding up that... Like VW bug or whatever. Oh, yeah. like a man in a suit, like, oh, you know. Well, yeah. 
I'm pretty sure he can like turn into like an amphibious creature at some point in that <laughs> thing. He's like, I'll become a lizard pan. <laughs> it's like <laughs> like those anamorph books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> It kind of gives credence to the whole lizard people thing, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's bring in the podcast here. You want to do it? Me do it? Yeah, go ahead. Um, hello and welcome to the Thick Boys Podcast. This is episode 27. Um, and I know what you're thinking. Two releases back to back. Oh. Oh, yes. You've been a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go ahead and dive into Super Cringe Thursday? This one, this yeah. one was particularly rough. <laughs> I don't want to make fun of this guy. <laughs> Because, well, because he was going through it. Well, I don't particularly want to make fun of him too bad because he was filmed without his consent. Yes. So uh, unlike some of yeah. the other ones that we've done. That filmed themselves. That filmed themselves yeah. and put it out there. Yeah. yeah H- I, however, how, with that being said. <laughs> so, so unfortunate. Here's the thing. <clears throat> let's Let's look at this as a whole. Well, first of all, let's explain what the video okay, is yeah. for those okay. that haven't seen it. For those that haven't seen it, Super Cringe Thursday, our Friday pick for Super Cringe Thursday. Pause this episode. Yeah. Go go to the Facebook page and watch it. It's, it's you know, I, I, would, I would play a clip, but you kind of need the subtitles on. I think, I don't think the audio would really, hit, would really help much. But the thing is, it's this guy and this girl, and they're being, they're down in the street, like on the sidewalk, and they're being filmed up from like an apartment window or something. And the guy is having an emotional breakdown, like a, a, like an actual breakdown. Yeah. He's just like, the way he's speaking is pure stream of consciousness. He's just, his feelings are just coming out of his mouth. And he's he he's, he's crying to this girl, uh, from what I gather, about she recently got a boyfriend, and it wasn't him, and maybe they were best friends. No. And he's saying that, He's saying, you know, you're always going to choose him. It'll never be me. I'm never good enough. There's going to come a point where he's not going to let us hang out. And you're going to have to choose him or me, and you're going to choose him. They always do. And he's just, he's just, it's coming out of him. No. And when he's done, and, and well, I say when he's done, he reaches a point where he just can't say anything anymore. And he just goes, ah! <laughs> And he putters away on a scooter. On a Vespa. On a Vespa. <laughs> Just out into traffic at five miles an hour. And you know, when you, when I'm watching it, I really feel I really feel for him. Because I've I've been there emotionally. You know, I feel like we all have. But it wasn't recorded yeah. and put on the internet, you know, <laughs> for the rest of well, forever. Well, the thing is, too, is that there's no way that that person filming it just happened to be at the window with their phone out and at the ready. That like, had been so going on for a while. That had to have been going on for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I think they, they had probably been standing there screaming at he while screaming at her. I felt, I felt bad for her yeah. being subjected to it. I mean, he's sitting there on a scooter, and he's got, with like, this like, ladybug <laughs> helmet. And then he screams and he pulls off into the into the into uh, into the road there. It was funny you said it would be funnier if it was like in the middle of the day with like traffic. So he had to like wait to like <laughs> to like get out in the road. 
Which, I mean, uh, let's be honest. We all know exactly what happened there is that old boy got put in the friend zone yep. because he wouldn't make his move. Yep. And then he got pissed off about it because... Because Chad... <laughs> yeah. Giga Chad Megacock came <laughs> yeah. along and swept her off her yeah. feet. Exactly. Like, dude, women, women love a confident well, man. You so know... It is what it is, man. Take your L yep. and move on. She's not the and, I only mean, girl. Obviously, in the world. judging from just the conversation that was had, he said they always, you always do this, or they always do this. I can't remember yeah, exactly. Yeah, he said it's it's never me. I'm never good enough. And he said it always happens this way. Yeah, something like that. So it's maybe like, this isn't the first time he's been through this. Yeah, or he's seen he's seen this play out before. No, you know, I guess amongst his friends, or maybe even in media or something. I don't know. Or maybe it's been him. It keeps happening to him. Yeah. It's like, you know, maybe you should rethink or retool your way that you try to get the ladies. There's a common denominator here, right? It's, it's you know, it can't be every girl. No. It's always you. You yeah. are right about that. It, it does always happen. Here's the thing. You have got to look at why it's happening. You've got to you have got to say why is what I'm doing not working? Why do girls not like it when I pull up on my scooter <laughs> and I scream at them <laughs> in this very emotional state <laughs> with my little red round helmet? There's a reason that girls don't like that. <clears throat> so yeah, you've got like you said, he needs a mentor. Yeah, that young man needs a mentor. Yeah. And I don't know when this was recorded. He's probably moved on. He might be better at it. But it, for anybody else who's been in that, who's going to be in that situation, he's obviously a, a young man. He's obviously, obviously a very young man. And the thing is, you know, I've been there. You know, I, from a very young age, I was I was interested in girls. I didn't know why. I knew something was there. No. I didn't know what it was, but I liked girls a lot. And I struggled with, well, why don't they like me? What am I doing wrong here? No. And eventually, it gets to a point where you're like, oh, okay. Really, what it it is is you just kind of have to be yourself. Yeah. You quit trying to be somebody you, or something that you're yeah, not. Quit trying to be what you think a girl wants you to be. No. If you're just yourself and you're confident and and confident isn't arrogance. No. Confidence is just like putting yourself out there. No. And if they don't like it, oh well. You just kind of you have no. to move on. It's like every time you get rejected, that's not the end of the world. No. There's. I think girls outnumber us men like three to one. Isn't there like isn't is it might be like one it's like one point seven or something like that. There's a there's more women there are men. There's more women than that girl who didn't like you. Yeah. And also it's not (laughs) fair to her. It's also not fair to her, yeah. Yeah. She she's not obligated to like you. No. She doesn't that would be coercion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Women aren't this vending machine. Yeah. Where you put in all your nice bucks yeah. <laughs> and then you get a, a cookie. Yeah. You know, they're people and they don't have to like you. No. And they're not all going to like you. There's not one person in the world that everyone likes. So, like I said, you're the common denominator here. You've got to figure out what it is that you're doing that isn't working. Well, especially too, like as a young man growing up. I didn't really have to go through. It, it looked like he might have been like in maybe in his early twenties, maybe. Yeah. 
So I and <coughs> me and Allison have been together since we were eighteen. So I didn't really go through like that phase of like trying to get with the ladies, trying to swoon, yeah, trying to swoon the ladies yeah. or anything. So I married my high, my high school sweetheart. Yeah. So my story is a bit different. However, I think a lot of what it is too with like young men is that your what your perceived value is mm-hmm. you cannot reach it at this particular moment in time yeah because a lot of what i think what a lot of women probably want is they want somebody that's going to be able to, to protect them and yeah. provide for them that's a lot yeah. of what it is right yeah. i mean there's other and things of course i don't think that's an outrageous thing for women to want no i don't think i don't think so I don't think so at all. I mean, it's different for everybody. It's different for if everybody, a, right? I think but, if a woman is wanting you to be like this jet setter that like takes her to Dubai every weekend, it's like, okay, well, you okay. need to go find that guy because I'm not it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'll never be well, that. Well, that yeah. too, and like I said, this, especially in, you know, you might not ever be somebody that has a, a high six-figure job. It yeah. might not be ever who you are. Yeah. However, you have to figure out who you are and mm-hmm. the things that you're looking for. Yeah. Before, you need to be happy with who you are as a person before you try to find somebody else. Exactly. Because if you're trying to find self-validation in other people, then you're looking at it the wrong way. Because you'll never get to be yourself and it will always be work. You'll never have a moment where you can can let your guard down and be yourself. You can be, so if you put on this facade and you act in a way that you think this person likes, and let's just say it works, and I think that's who you are. Now you have the girl, okay? Oh, now what? You've got to put up this act and this facade for the entirety of that relationship. And here's the thing. People can smell bullshit. And eventually they're going to figure out that that's not who you are, and they're going to leave, or they're going to try and change you. It's just, it's not going to be a good, a good, easy thing. No. <clears throat> it's like, I think that a lot of the reason why me and Mary get along so well is just because we, we are who we are. I am who I am. She is who she is, and we just mesh. It just it it works. Yeah. I didn't you know have to put on and act a certain way for her. She just liked me as I was. Now there have been a lot of girls and a lot of women who did not like me as I was, and you know what? That's fine. Yeah. That's okay. I don't have to be liked by everybody. Yeah, I don't have to be liked by everybody. And that seems to be a real big problem with today's society. Is like a lot of people are looking for yeah. everyone to like them, yeah. and guess it's impossible. You can't do it. It's it's not something, you know, try to, I would say, try to do your best not to go out of your way to piss people off constantly. <laughs> yeah, don't be it's, a dickhead. Yeah, don't yeah. be a dickhead. You know, however, it's like you don't have to go around and try to make everyone like you. Yeah. And especially, too, I think as you get, well, for myself, speaking personally, as I get older, I seem to care less and less about that. Yeah. It's like, like I said, I'm not going out of my way to be an asshole. Right. You know, but I'm just going to be who the person that I want to be. Yeah. And if you don't like it or it makes you mad, it's like I'm not trying to be an asshole to you and I'm not trying to negatively impact you personally. At this point, it's your problem. At this point, it's your problem. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think that, you know, there's a lot of pressure put on, on, on men to, and I know that women have the same thing too, and I'm not trying to, you know, compare the length of our chains here but there's a lot of pressure put on men to to be you know this this idea of what a man is 
and I feel like if you asked if you asked twenty different men what a man is, you get forty different answers, because nobody really has it nailed down. You know, media will tell you that a man is like this, you know, big, strong, rugged. You know, he can fix yeah. a car. And, You're like the brawny man. Yeah, the brawny man. <laughs> And feminists will tell you that all men are dogs, pieces of shit, you're garbage, yeah. you suck. Hashtag kill all men. Yeah, you suck for even existing. Yeah. So. Well, I think it's, you should specify, you mean fourth wave feminism. Yeah, fourth wave yeah, feminism. fourth yeah. wave feminism. When feminism really came around, it was about women. Yeah, well, you should, if you're talking about like second wave feminism where it's like, like, like they sh- we should all be treated equal yeah. under the eyes of. The law. The law. Yeah. You know. Which is, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah feminism, feminism now is not about equality for women. It's about hatred of men. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, you know, you're never going to you're never going to become, you know, anybody else's idea of what you're supposed to be. You just have to be who you are. Yeah. And you know what's wrong with you. It's just a matter of if you really want to to take inventory of that and say, I need to work to fix this because that's a hard thing to do. It's hard to accept that there's something wrong with you. That kid screaming at that girl, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but it it comes across as he doesn't understand that it's an issue with him. Yeah. It's not an issue with her. He does say, it's not, it's not me. I'm never good enough. Well, then you need to take some self inventory. Take some self inventory here. If we're looking at the situation from from that apartment window, it's yeah, it's clear to see why it is never you. No, because if that's how you're acting to all the girls. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, imagine yeah, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I would say step one is get rid of the scooter. Yeah. You know? Even if that means that you have to take public transportation. Yeah. yeah. Lots of people ride the bus. Yeah. It's, no, it's, not it's like, plus, guess what? You know, you do some more walking, you get in better shape. Exactly. So It would, you know, it it might it might have hit a little better if you were on, like, a bike and you yeah. down the road. But even then, your little emotional spiel wouldn't have, <laughs> no. wouldn't have no. been that good. Well, and you know, it's... Like we said, it's it's important for I think both of the sexes to just be the person that you don't. And I'm not saying oh, be the person that you are. Yeah, it's like because chances are, or not chances are, but sometimes the person that you are is a piece of shit. Is a piece of shit. Yeah, and you if you're like, very selfish and like you know. Yeah, I'm not saying like everybody should be like oh they have to everybody has to accept me as how, yeah, as yeah, I yeah. am. It's like you should be like. You should have an idea of kind of who you want to become. Yeah. And then try to do your best to work towards that yeah. endeavor. And just because if you have this idealistic version of yourself, just because you, you're you not that doesn't mean you failed. Yeah. A lot of people feel like they failed before they even started. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not just, you know, becoming, you know, a certain way. It's It could be anything. Like, I want to, you know, I want to do, I want to complete this goal. And they'll do like this big, grand, huge goal, like this... It's a huge thing that's going to take a lot of time and effort. And they're going to be like, well, that's too big of a goal. I failed. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you should set smaller goals within, yeah, that, exactly. within that goal so that you can reach those yeah, goals, little, right? Little stepping stones. And that that was a hard thing for me to realize, too, was, 
you know, I, I would have like everybody's done that thing where you're laying in bed at, at 11 p.m. and you're thinking about here's how I want to turn my whole life around. No, and like, like I've got the keys now, yeah, baby. I figured it out. <laughs> and you wake up the next morning, and you're the exact same person that you were yesterday. It's, well, I think it's important too. A lot of people have this idea of it's like, well, once I reach this goal, then I've reached the end point. It's like, yeah, well, now you have to live the rest of your life. Yeah. It's like, so mm. the way that I try to look at it now is like, it's like I just get up and I do this now because that's just what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, like you try to, like the way I see it is like, is like at the end of my life. Yeah. It's like who's the person that I want people to remember? Yeah. Right. So like, how do I get to that point? And understand it's like, that not every person in the world is going to be at your funeral. Exactly. And is going to shed a tear. And it's like, you know, and you have to, life isn't like this ban- this big grand, like I did this one thing and now it defines the person that I am. Yeah. It's these small things that you do every single day yeah. that seems mundane, mm-hmm. but over an, an extended period make a huge impact. Yeah. The, you know, a lot of people are, are nihilists these days you know there's this you know especially when you start considering like the grand scale of the universe and like you know the heat death of the universe eventually <clears throat> eventually there will be nothing nothing will have ever mattered and that's true that is a fact but what good does that knowledge do you well not only that but how it's, does that how does that help your current situation how does that help the people around you especially too it's like I find it very difficult to look at somebody and say, there is nobody in your life that you love at all. Yeah. Like, you don't have a grandparent or a friend. (laughs) Like, and I'm not talking about, like, a romantic love interest. Yeah. I'm just talking about somebody that you care deeply for. Well, the thing is, you know, just because you didn't change the world doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that you don't matter. And guess what? There's it, people that change the world for the worst. Yeah, more Look of those. Look at Mao Zedong. <laughs> yeah, probably and more. Joseph Stalin. <laughs> and probably more of those and than there Adolf are the Hitler. The thing is, you know, it, yes, it's true that nothing that you do will, will really affect the world 50,000 years from now. 20,000 years, 1,000 years from now. No, 100 years from yeah. now. The, the the nation of the United States has only been around for 200 years. No. Less from give or take, something like that. So the thing is, while it is true that what you do won't, in the end, won't matter, it doesn't have to. It doesn't no. have to matter on this grand cosmic universal scale. No. It doesn't have to. It has to matter... <laughs> To you, in this small time frame that you have, this is your one life. This is all you get. You can affect, and it will matter to the people around you. It'll matter to you. And it's like that's where your effort has to go. And just because, you know, you have this huge, grand, giant idea of what you want to be or what you want the world to be and you never get there, it doesn't mean that you failed. It's just, it's just, uh, it just didn't happen. It's... And there's nothing wrong with that. No. But if all you ever do is kind of wallow in your self-pity. No. Like, oh, I suck. I'm the worst. The girls don't like me, and I can't change the world. Then. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. That's right. You're right. <laughs> You're, that's correct. You're right. Now, what do you want to do about it? Yeah. Do you want to stay there on the ground and wallow in your own self-pity, or do you want to make this time that you have left matter to you well, and who, be worth living? Yeah, what was it? Was it Henry Ford? He was like, uh, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that too, and like you think, it's, do you think that a lot of like the nihilism is kind of based around the fact that there seems to be like a, um, I guess, was it Nietzsche was like called it the death of God? I think so. Yeah. So it's like if well, a lot of people if, a lot of people will quote Nietzsche when they when they're trying to defend nihilism. But Nietzsche himself, at the end, was like, nihilism is this useless knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that, too, like, the way that the kind of my conclusion that I've, well, I don't want to call it a conclusion because it might change in the future or whatever, but yeah. sort of my line of thinking at this moment is that it's like if if you give in completely to nihilism, it's like you're you're not serving any any good for anything. Yeah. Right? Because... You've essentially like the way that the way that like the structure of like I don't want to say like I guess you could call it religion I guess like faith would be like a better idea yeah. of like a, a higher power or whatever yeah. right as like but people like to give purpose to yeah things. so like and that's a very abstract thought of like what God is mm-hmm. because some people are like oh he's like this big this old man in the sky yeah. or whatever yeah. and I don't think that's a proper interpretation of no. like what that. They just needed a way to depict him. Yeah, they needed a way to depict him. That way you can't, you can like abstract from that. Yeah. That way people can kind of get like an idea. Yeah. You know, but if you want to break it down to like God is like the the ultimate good, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Regardless of like all this other stuff around it. Yeah. You know, but that kind of gives you something to like point at and kind of like orient yourself. Whereas like when you take that away, then. There's nothing there. Yeah. Right? But it doesn't mean there's that no there's direction. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there's nothing there and now you kinda get to to direct yourself in any way you choose. Yeah. That but once you remove that, that becomes a vacuum. Yeah. Right? So then it just sucks everything in. Yeah. So now you have like all this different shit that gets sucked in there. And it's I think you can see that a lot too. Like when you look at like uh, the Nazis, mm-hmm. and like you look at like uh, uh, was it the Red Red October with um, with the bourgeoisie and like the 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 USSR takeover of Russia and everything, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like you you remove what God was, and, and instead you put in place of it the state. Yeah, right. So when you put in place of it the state, essentially what you're admitting is that we do not believe in a higher power of good. Mm. So the state is going to be the higher power of good. Yeah. Which that sounds like an awful idea. (laughs) (laughs) Every time that's been implemented, it has been an awful idea. Yeah, an awful idea. It just seems to me like when you kind of remove that aspect, whatever your thought, whatever your thought process, whatever your thought process is, yeah. Yeah, whatever your thought process is of, of what God is, like, in, and you're and you're saying God as just in like this grand idea, this grand this idea, like general right. purpose of, yeah, of life. Yes. Yeah, correct. Yes, 
mostly, and you know, growing up Southern Baptist, I'd really struggled with, especially too, once I kind of got to where I was like a teenager. Yeah. Like I would say like, I think a lot of teenagers are pretty nihilistic. Yeah, like, you oh, know, yeah. I think everybody kind of goes through that phase. Right. But. Well, a lot of the world that's been as it's the 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 kind of facade like, the facade of life starts coming down. Yeah, like this more like materialistic like yeah, nihilism or yeah. whatever, right? But going through going through life like that, and I'm and it's it's hard to sort of explain. It's like the way that I I tell people is like I don't I'm not religious as like, but I have faith in something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I, I when I think of religion. <clears throat> It's kind of like the rules that other people have put in place. Like this, it's like dogma. Yeah, right? this is the way that you have to believe in God. Yeah, this is the way you have to be, you know, a Christian. Yeah. So I, I consider myself a non-denominational Christian. Like my 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 belief in Christianity is the you know the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the ultimate sacrifice to absolve you of your sins, and you have to accept Him in order to. Yeah. Um, you know, not. In order to not just live in oblivion for all of eternity, yeah. But even just beyond the consequence of death, it's just a matter of you know how you live your life here, why you're Correct. here, because you can create your own little personal hell here on earth. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so I don't think that you know, I don't think that other people who have never met God and shook His hand can say, "Hey, this is He told me this is how you got you have to do it." Now, by yeah. the way, give me ten percent of your income. Yeah. So religion is like, you know, kind of like the, the pomp and circumstance put in place by other humans. And I think that a lot of that is bullcrap. I think that, you know, there's when you break it down to, you know, what's in the Bible, that's where your Christianity is. Yeah. You know, be kind to your neighbor and don't kill and don't be envious. And, you know, correct. Yeah. You know, we're all equal under the eyes of God. Well, not only that. that, but if if you're not if you're only looking at it, if you if you only look at it from like a literal standpoint of like, like, Oh, there was Jesus. He did exist. He did die on the cross for all of our sins. It's like, yeah. well, really, what does that mean in the, yeah. in the van, like in the vast, you know, concept of what we call existence, yeah. right. And what we call consciousness because everybody, everybody's trying to figure this out. Yeah. Right. So for, for, for me, <laughs> for myself, yeah, for myself, I figured it out for myself. So the way that I'd sort of look at it, and everybody's entitled to their own opinions or whatever. I honestly, I, at this point, I don't care. Yeah. But um, the way that I see it is that when you talk about like Jesus dying on the cross and everything, mm-hmm. for now that this is going in a, in a religious direction. Yeah. So I, the way that I the way that I see it is that, especially like in the Old Testament, it's like you had like all these people that had all these rules that they had to follow. Yeah. Right. Like you had like all these commandments and everything, and the the, the sacrificing of animals, yeah. and like all this stuff. You couldn't wear mixed fabric. You couldn't eat shellfish. You couldn't get tattoos. Yeah. You couldn't eat pork and all. There's all these different, and yeah. it was only for a specific person. It wasn't for what they called the Gentiles. Yeah. It was only for the Jewish people. Yeah. Right. Like it was specifically for them. Yeah. And a lot of it kind of makes sense when you look at like the the time period where those people lived. Like getting a tattoo now is probably a lot different than how they did it back then. No. Eating shellfish now, where it's farmed and raised and deveined and cleaned and shipped no. and everything like that. If you lived back then and you grabbed a bug out of the river and ate it, what do you think would happen to you? Yeah, exactly. You'd get sick and fucking die. Exactly. And they say the same thing with pork. Like you're not supposed to eat pork. It's like, yeah, well, if you undercook pork, you can get worms and it'll kill yeah. you. And look how look at the look how a pig lives. 
Right. You probably it, it wallows in its own filth. I mean. And so the way that it gets explained in in the Old Testament is like you have all these rules, all these commandments that you're supposed to follow, and <clears throat> it's. I think it's important if you want to dive deeper into that stuff. It's important to understand like the history of it and everything, especially like if you are somebody that's. I don't want to say like a, a practicing Christian or whatever, but yeah. if if you kind of believe along those same lines to sort of understand the history of where that faith came from. Right. Right. So, but when Jesus shows up, essentially it allows you a different path in order for like, um, I don't want to say like enlightenment because that's not the right word. The thing is that because we live in sin, <clears throat> we can't, we, it's like we can't live with the father. We can't, be by God's side because we are sinful creatures. So right. the, so the whole point of the sacrificing everything was to absolve you of your sins. That correct. was how they did it back then. So the thing about Jesus' sacrifice has meaning because it was the ultimate sacrifice. He was like, you can never, as you are, never be by the Father. Is like, I will accept basically all the blame and the consequence correct. for your sin, all the sin that has happened and will ever happen. Right. That was the point so, of the sacrifice. And, yeah. So like you have what we call essentially God, which is the ultimate good, right? What we try to orient ourselves towards. So, but that's, like I said, that that's a very abstract concept, a very abstract idea of sort of what that is. So when you look at it from like the new Testament standpoint, like you have somebody that's sent in the flesh, Mm -hmm. which is Jesus, which would be of God. He essentially, he is God. Right. So that's sort of like a weird thing that they've done there. Right. So, like he, of course, Jesus comes and he dies for our sins and everything. Yeah. But it's easier for us to orient ourselves towards that because it's like, oh, like there was somebody here and mm-hmm. essentially he was perfect, right? Yeah. So, but the whole, I, one of my main takeaways from him dying on the cross for our sins is like, hey, you're never going to be perfect. Yeah. Based, you are locked into this biology that yeah. you have and yeah. you can't do it. Yeah. But that's okay. Because that's not the point. Yeah. The point is, is that you try to get up and you try to make the right decision yeah. and you're make not an always, intent. you're not always going to, Yeah. but that doesn't give you a pass to be a shitty person. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So you should still try to be a good person. You should still right. try. And I think, I think we're a lot of like, I don't want to say, I think we're a lot of Christianity gets it, gets it wrong because I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't have all the answers, Yeah. but I don't. A lot of like uh, a lot of churches and stuff is like, oh, you say this prayer with me, and now you're saved. Yeah, is I don't think I think it's much more than that. I think it's you have to you have you. I think it's important that you do that because you say to yourself, it's yeah. like I'm now trying to become a better version yeah. of myself, right? It's like, but now you kind of have to continue to walk that path. Yeah, it's not just a button that you press. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're, you're okay. It's you know if you make a, a a genuine, you know effort. Yeah. And you know you're gonna fail, and you're gonna fall off the path. And the thing is though, you're okay. Yeah. Because everybody does. No one's perfect. The only person who was ever perfect came down here and died a horrible death. Yep. <laughs> because you, yeah, yeah, you want that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> 
And it's very easy to, like, you know, we've said before, it's very easy to be hand-wavy of, of Christianity. Yeah. If you're looking at it face value, like, all those people believe there's a man and that lives in the clouds and that <laughs> yeah. Jesus was this blonde-haired, blue-eyed white yeah. man in the Middle East. And, you know, it's, like you said, when you're looking at just the depictions of these things, like, that was just, that's just artistic depiction. That's just how we can, yeah. you know, how we can relate to ourselves. Well, and it's like a, well, that too, and you think about the way back in the day, like all like the different, like these people didn't under, like they thought the world was flat. Yeah. Well, there's people now that think the world yeah. is, is flat. Some people thought the world was on the back of a giant turtle. Exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like you look at like that kind of stuff and it's like, yeah, you probably don't want to give these people like this abstract idea of what God is. Yeah. It's like, and I, this might actually be incorrect, but if I'm not mistaken, I think that maybe it's like in Revelations or whatever, which yeah. that's kind of a strange book. Yeah. It's, so, that, that book's wild. Yeah, that's, that's a wild that's book. That's the one about the uh, Armageddon and yeah. Apollyon. And, yeah, yeah, so there's like, I'm pretty I'm pretty certain that there's a part in there where it kind of explains like like an angel, like what it looks like. And yeah. it's like it's like this wheel with all these faces on it and the wheel's it's, on fire. And, and, and like, it's like... Interlocking gold wheels with eyes covered in eyeballs, and it's like got it's wreathed in fire. Yeah, it's like that's what an angel yeah, is. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 that's why they always said, "Be not afraid." Yeah. Because like <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine, it's like, well, it was like it was like when Jesus was born, an angel appeared to the shepherd boy and told him to go to uh, to Bethlehem. So imagine this kid. Yeah. He's just out poking sheep with a stick. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this thing's just like, be not afraid. It's like a heart attack. <laughs> Screaming the entire time it's speaking to him. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was, you know, it's easier to bring people on board if you depict an angel as just this, like, cherub with wings, and it's yeah. like, oh, that's nice to look at. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to that. <laughs> this like, eldritch horror, yeah. this unknowable thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, too, and, like, you have to imagine, like, we kind of base what we know upon, like, kind of what we've seen and, like, normalized, like, the our, our surroundings, right? Well, yeah. Right? So, like, if you were to see... Like it would be different, like if you're like, oh, that's Mike, and like, yeah. like you see it all the time, yeah. right? But then, like, if that's not something that you ever see, yeah, something that's that, totally brand new, yeah, <laughs> that, that pops up, yeah, and it's speaking to yeah. you, yeah, you're not just immediately going, oh, let me hear what this thing has to say. You're just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna like, try to get the fuck away from it. <laughs> yeah, your brain's gonna turn into mush. <laughs> but yeah, Revelations is a fucking. It's just weird. It it's a weird. weird book. There's a lot of weird stuff in the Bible and a lot of like stuff in the Bible. Yeah. Like uh, who was it that was, I can't remember the name of him, but it was the guy that was like traveling to a town and there was a group of 40 children that were making fun of him for being bald. Oh, yeah, and he, uh, he, he sent a she-bear. Yeah, he called down the wrath of God and a bear came out of the woods and mauled the children. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I haven't really read like the lead up in the end of yeah. that story but if you take yeah, that's that a, that's piece an out, odd yeah if you take that piece out that at face value is a really weird thing yeah like you got that mad cause they called you bald yeah and then you look at like um you know uh like Moses leading the Jews out of Egypt right 
and the plagues um, that he set on Pharaoh. And it was like, you know, God told Moses, like, here's how this is going to go down. He said, you're going to go and tell Pharaoh to release the Jews. And if he doesn't, I'm going to set these plagues upon him. And then eventually the last one will be I'll kill all the firstborn sons. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, if you don't want your son to die, you put lamb's blood over your door. And that's why Jews celebrate Passover. That's the yeah. spirit passed over them. I learned that from Rugrats when I was little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. There was a lot of Judaism in Rugrats. Holy shit. Wow. But he also said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will not let the Jews leave. And you're like, okay, well then... Yeah, then what's the whole what's, point what's of this? All, yeah, what's yeah. all this about? Yeah. Like, it's like, if you're going to make it so that he can't yeah. he can't stop himself, why are we punishing him for yeah. that? I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, there's some weird stuff in the Bible. And you know... A lot of it's probably just stories, too. Yeah, and that's what... You know, to, you know, to be and, analogous to things that you face in your correct. life. Correct. So, one of the things that... So I've been doing a little bit of studying is that um, they think that Genesis was written around 3000 BC, which is around the same time as like you had like the old gods with like Zeus and that's only 5000 years ago. Yeah. So you're looking at and they essentially Genesis was written as like an answer to. Like a lot if you of questions. Where a lot of a lot of questions, from? right? Yeah. So like if you're looking like old Greek gods, right? Yeah, it's like, well, what did they do? They fucked with people, and it yeah. was essentially murder and mayhem all the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, where like Zeus was a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but like if you look at just just speaking directly from Genesis, like if you look at like how the world was created when you talk about in Genesis, is that God created the the world with his word, right? Yeah. And like there's a there's a repeating there's a repeating idea in Genesis where it's like and then and he said it was good. Yeah. Where the only time in Genesis where that isn't repeated is when he separated the heavens from the earth. Yeah. Because that was the only day in which nothing was created, yeah. right? So uh, from from what I've gathered or what I think I, I understand what they're trying to say or what was conveyed then cause I think what Genesis is, is it's trying to tell you like, it's trying to kind of orient everything and be like, like that, that way we can get this story up and running. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, if you look at that and like, you look at some of the Abrahamic stories and everything like with Isaac and Esau and everything yeah, is that a lot of that I think was probably like an oral tradition that was passed down. Yeah. And there might have been people that at one point, where I Abraham and Isaac and all these other these all all these other historical figures like Ishmael, yeah, which was Abraham's other son, is considered to be the father of Islam. That's why they're called Abrahamic religions. Correct. Yeah. Right. So, like, if you look in in Genesis, like you have like the Ishmaelites, which yeah. that's considered modern day Muslims, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm sure that at some point, like these people, they did exist, right? Yeah. It's like, but since it is an oral tradition, like you can't write it down yeah. as these stories are being told. And in oral traditions, there's really one person that understands the oral tradition and they retell the stories. And then they have somebody else that comes up and they tell all the stories to this person. Now, this person right. knows all the stories, right? 
It's like it's, a, like, a, it's like a big game of telephone. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's going to change. Especially over the course of 5,000 years. Exactly. And you probably got this old fart sitting there. This old senile man. Yeah. And he was like, back in my day. He's <laughs> just like got like no color yeah. in his eyes. He's like, God created the earth in one day. And <laughs> <laughs> it was the same guy who was like, the earth is on the back of a big turtle. <laughs> Yeah, if you look at it in the context of like the the times, right when those people were alive, well, they, you, they were curious about why things are the way they are. Correct. Why they they want to know what are those lights in the sky? Why why is this big thing? Why is all this dirt and trees here? What's going on? Correct. Why are we here? People had questions and they wanted answers. And back then, the easy thing to do, the best they could do, was say there. Oh, there's this, you know, there's all these people that live up on that mountain way up there. And they're a bunch of dicks. And it's like, we've got to, you know, a lot of the Greek and Roman mythology was like, they worshipped the gods so that the gods wouldn't be mad at them. They didn't exactly. worship the gods because the gods were benevolent and gave them everything. Yeah. Which is really an interesting <clears throat> contrast between, like, Christianity and, and, like, Judaism as opposed to, like, some of the older religions, right? Yeah. Where it's like, they were like, it's interesting that they kind of veered in the other direction. They're yeah. like, like, no, like, God, God is the ultimate good. Yeah. Like... As opposed to like, oh, God's a prick. Yeah. And like you have, in order to not receive his wrath. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, you know, God loves you. Yeah. And it was like, then they, they, they kind of made it this thing where it was like, okay, all the shit that's happening to you is kind of your fault. And yeah. it was like, you're kind of bringing this on yourself. It's not like divine intervention. Correct. Like your life doesn't suck because Zeus is having a bad day. Your life sucks because you're a bad person and you do bad things. No. Yeah. <laughs> Which that can kind of devolve into like a lot of like self-flagellation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which that can then resolve into like some pretty deep depression. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think too, like when you look at like the New Testament and that's when Jesus comes in, right? And that's right. how that that kind of gets answered, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, hey, everybody's a piece of shit. Yeah. It's like. You're never going to be perfect. Yeah, you're never going to be perfect. But yeah. that's not the point. It doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Exactly. You shouldn't try to be a good person. Yeah. Yeah, religion, when you look at why, why religion even exists, it's because people had questions. Correct. And it was like, okay, it's easier to tell somebody that that big, bright thing up there is a god rather than that up there is a giant ball of helium gas constantly undergoing fusion and releasing radiation. No. They would be like, what? What? <laughs> but if you tell them like, that's a big, angry god up there. No. And don't stand in its presence for too long or you die. No. Like, oh, okay. I won't yeah, do that then. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, and I also think that it's interesting that you look at, like, how, and there's there's some parallels, too, when you look at, like, um, like Christianity and, like, um, like Taoism and, yeah. like, a couple of different religions, right? It's, like, the ones that have stuck around are the ones which it, you would think that it wouldn't be this way. You would think that the ones that were based on violence and power would be the ones that stick around. Yeah. But they aren't. Yeah. The, those aren't the ones that stick around. It's not a... Uh, the ones that stick around are the ones that talk about, like, self-improvement yeah. and, like, trying to be a better person and yeah. trying to treat others with respect, treat, you know... That's more sustainable. Yeah, yeah, correct. Like, if you're looking at, like, the long term or, like, the long term, it's like that is is the better... That's a better path to go down. Yeah. Right, but but now you have this direct 
competition with materialistic nihilism where it's like, well, nothing, nothing matters. Mm-hmm. Right. Which if you're doing that, it's like, well, then that's also too a form of religion. Yeah. Right. That's what you believe. That's what you believe. Yeah. Right. It's technically really all religion is, is just a belief system. Yeah. Right. Because you kind of have, you can't go through life without a belief system. Yeah. You're going to believe something. Yeah. Like, you can't just be, like, this anamorphic blob. Yeah. This, like, going you're, through... You're just... Yeah, you're just reacting. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not... That's not how this works. It's because you are a human being with a consciousness. You're not a dog who just, you know, I'm hungry, now I'm going to go eat. I've got a shit, so now I'm going to poop. It's like, a dog's not thinking, why am I doing this? He's yeah. just doing it. Yeah. Like, you're... Yeah, you don't see, like, the dog have, like, an existential, like, breakdown. <laughs> yeah, like. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's actually kind of interesting. Like, um, Which is funny because then that would freak me out. The <laughs> <dog>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would pretend that the dog wasn't doing that. <laughs> like, I, I need to surrender my dog. <laughs> like, yeah. why? Like, he he's contemplating. You know? <laughs> I don't think he should be yeah. doing that. Like, I think he understands what death is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, <clears throat> there's a uh, a dog called uh bunny and you've probably seen it before where they have like the it, she's a sheep doodle and they have like this big mat of like buttons laid out mm. and she'll go over and she'll press a button and then another button she'll say like she'll say mom love you and then she'll look at the uh, her owner and she'll be like oh, i love you too and then she'll be like she'll say bunny outside bathroom and yeah. that's how she's letting her know i need to go to the bathroom <clears throat> so the thing is, you know, I don't know what the fuck that was. Some kind of bug. Um, you know, I, do I think that the dog understands what those words mean? No. no. I think the dog understands that the, if if I make these sounds in this order, then this happens. Well, that's how dogs learn. They learn through, um, what, what's the word? Um, they learn through... Um, like, the dog understands that, like, if I do this, then this happens. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't understand why that happens. Yeah. It just understands that that yeah. happens. The dog's not going to become a poet. Yeah. So, like, if, you know, when, so like when you teach a dog to shake, you know, dogs are smart, and they'll pick up on kind of what it is you want them to do. You know, you can see when they're looking at you, like, they're like, they're looking you in the eye. What? What yeah. is it? What do you want me to do? And it's like, you make him shake, he throws his hand out, and he's like, do this, and he does that, yeah. and you go, yeah, woohoo, and you give him a treat. He's like, sweet. Awesome. If I yeah. do that, then my owner, I get love. My owner yeah. likes it, and I get food. It doesn't say, oh, it, I'm shaking. That's what that yeah. is. I know that is shaking. It might understand that when it hears the word shake, it's just a, it's just associ- through association. Dogs yeah. learn through association. He's associating that sound and this hand gesture with food and affection. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't see, like, a dog, like, sitting in the sun, like, thinking. <laughs> yeah. Like, hmm. <laughs> Why are we really here? Why am I here? <laughs> Why do I poop? Yeah. Like, you don't see, like, the dog comes like, what is life? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I was going to say, one of the um, <clears throat> one of the videos, <laughs> and, and, like, nobody was really talking about it, but it kind of freaked me out. Yeah. Bunny walked over to the, her, her board of buttons, and she goes, what is Bunny? And she looks at her owner, and the owner's like, I don't know how to to answer that dog <laughs> she just I think she walks over and she presses the buttons for the dog she goes she was like bunny is dog and then bunny was just like outside 
Yeah, like okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. I can't say. Was the dog curious, like, of what its existence yeah. is? Well, that too, and it's like, uh, it's like if you see. Have you ever seen where they'll stick like the uh, the mirror, like in the jungle or whatever, and like all the different animals will come up to it? Yeah. And it's like you like you can tell like the animal doesn't understand yeah. what that reflection is. It doesn't understand that it's seeing itself. Yeah. Right. So, like there was there's a part where like a jaguar came up and it was like oh shit another yeah. jaguar, and then there was a part where like a gorilla came up and he's kind of looking at it and he just walks away. Yeah. And then there was a part where like uh, an orangutan came by. And he was like looking at it, and then like he was like touching himself on the head, no. and like touching his face, and he kind of I think he understood like oh that's me, but I don't think he was like is that me, no, or am I just seeing myself? It's a difference. No. You know, is this thing me, or am I seeing a reflection yeah. of myself? <clears throat> so I don't know if like you know we've we've asked the question before: Is our consciousness a result of our intelligence? And as things, everything, as everything is evolving and changing, the natural path is to become more intelligent. No. So I think that, you know, if dogs are relatively intelligent, but, you know, 50,000 years from now, what will a dog be intelligence-wise? No. Is there ever going to be a point where a dog, like, comes online and starts, like— That's a horrific idea. Yeah, because because then it's like, okay, it's wrong to own a dog now because a dog— has consciousness. Yeah. It's like, you know, okay, well, there's a wrong donut dog anyway. Well, not right now, really, because dogs kind of need people. No. You know what I mean? It's like if you leave a dog up to his own devices, especially like a pug. A pug can't live in the wild. No. <laughs> so no. He'll get eaten by a hawk. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's very interesting to consider, you know, when you think about uh, men, uh, humans, you know, homo sapiens, right? So if you look at, like, all the way back at, like, when we lived in caves, there's cave paintings. So that's art that's being created. You know, and it, if you look at, like, a cave painting of, like, a person standing there with a spear, there's, like, a style to it. Mm-hmm. There's, like, an artistic value. It's not it's, – it's crude, yes, but they use, like, these geometric shapes and, like, you know, it, and, and it's the same here as it is in these caves on the other side of the planet. Yeah, they're doing the same thing over there. So even that far back, hum- humans were conscious, because a dog is not going to make a piece of art. Yeah, a dog doesn't. You know, if you give a dog a paintbrush, he's going to lay on the floor and chew on it. He's not yeah, going to exactly. He's not going to paint a picture of like a person. But like humans, several hundred thousand years ago, were painting pictures of people and animals and like things like that, stars up in the sky. They were looking up at that and wondering what that was. Yeah. That far back ago. <clears throat> so I think it's it's an interesting thought, you know. If humans will humans survive to a point where we see another species become conscious. We see what we're going through happen to another species. Yeah. And it makes me well, wonder yeah, has not- that happened to us? Well, not only that, but now you get to an, to a point where it's like as you're watching the species go through this, it's like, do you have the moral obligation in order to lead them past some of the the things or some, sort of some of the the stumbles that we've had yeah. as a as a race to kind of guide them to sort of guide them? But can you really guide them exactly without but, bringing them, 
you know, along the same path as you. Exactly. Or would you be better served to let this, you know, new species of conscious beings kind of figure it out for themselves? Yeah. That's... Well, not only that, but I don't really think that you could even define consciousness in an animal unless it was able to communicate with you through word. Yeah, through, through, the your, spoken, through your language. Through the spoken <clears throat> word, right? So that's why it's so easy to other people that don't speak your language. Yeah, yeah. To look at them as if they're not really human. They're not really people. Yeah. They're not really people. It's like because I can't really communicate with them. I mean, yeah. you can, yeah. but I mean, that's throughout history. That's how people have committed some uh, some major major atrocities. Yeah. You can dehumanize yeah. somebody if, just because you don't understand the noises that are coming exactly out of their that head. come out of the front of their head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an interesting thought. Is you know, if there's another, you say, I, if any animal was going to do it first, it would probably be a, an ape of some sort, like yeah, some 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 sort of great ape, yeah, a chimpanzee or something, or like a bonobo or <laughs> yeah. So if they suddenly became conscious, you know, however many thousands of years that would take, which I don't even think humans are going to be here in another 20. No. At the rate we're, at the rate we're going. Um, but it would be interesting to see, like, how how we as a species would handle that. You know, there would probably be a lot of people on this side, like, yes, we need to guide them and help them, you know, kind of traverse this, what consciousness is. And no. then there would be another group of people like, no, it's morally incorrect to give them direction. No. Like they need to figure, figure it out. out. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess I'd probably be more on that side. I'd be like, look, you don't need to be fucking with that. Yeah. I would, yeah, I think so too. It's like, because we still, we still perfect. have, yeah, we still haven't figured it out. We still <laughs> have, yeah, we don't fucking know. Who are we to tell them? Like, let them do their thing, you know? Yeah. It's like, and just, you know, maybe don't kill them all. Yeah. Like, as long as they're not attacking us. Yeah. <laughs> And it's interesting to it's interesting to consider has that happened to us? Was there a species or something before us that saw humans become conscious? And they were they like, uh oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> we need to we need to leave this be. <clears throat> but yeah, when you you had mentioned for um, you know, speaking the same language as somebody. Um, so I, I I speak enough Spanish to to hold a conversation. Um, I'm definitely not fluent. Um, but, you know, in my... Well, I'm, I'm assuming that it changes the interaction that you it have. It does. With, it really does. Right? Because, you know, when I worked over at um, my previous job, I worked around a lot of Spanish-speaking people. And before they knew that I spoke Spanish, they interacted with me in a certain way. They weren't, like, mean or anything. It was, like, very formal and very, you know, there was, like, niceties. No. So it was just enough to get through this interaction and then part ways. But when they realized that I could speak to them in their language, I started to see, like, who they were. No. And, you know, I'm not, like, I was, like, conducting an experiment. And, you know, <laughs> it was just, like, like... some type of, like, eugenics type <laughs> of... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just, like... Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a lab coat on. <laughs> like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Like taking notes, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you could you can kind of tell like you can start to figure out like people's you know kind of preferences and their viewpoints and like how they were and how they interacted with other people and it's like when you're just hearing this thing that doesn't sound familiar to you, it's really easy to compartmentalize that in this little space of like you know that's just alien to me. 
and it doesn't mean anything to me. But when you're speaking somebody's language and they're speaking it to you, you kind of see them, you know, like, oh, shit, like, here's, I can be myself and, 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 and speak to you a certain way. It's like I really wanted to get to a point where I could speak Chinese conversationally. Um, and I, I speak enough Chinese that I can do things like ask for the bathroom and, no. like, um, ask somebody how their day is going and, like, what their telephone number is. But beyond that, I, I got no idea. Yeah, see, that's what, for some really fucking weird reason, I've always been very intrigued by, like, Russia. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's like looking into an alternate universe. Yeah, it's, it's really odd. It's strange. <laughs> it's like they look like me and they're white like me, but they're not like they're me. They're not like me at all. Yeah, like they don't have the same alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> like, they use some of the same letters, but they're pronounced differently. Yeah. So, like, there for a little bit, it's like I was trying to learn to speak Russian, and that was hard. Yeah. Trying to go through, like, learn, like, the acrylic alphabet. Well, you have to, like, unlearn what Well, you that, know. and they, yeah. don't, they don't have certain words. Yeah. Like, th- that word doesn't exist. You just kind of have to build up a concept yeah. with other words. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you have to change the way that you think in order to yep. to have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. That's, which yeah. is it's a little bit different. Like, I I'm, I'm imagine the Chinese is the same way. Or it's like, with the Latin languages, it's kind of... You you change like the way that the sentence structure is, yeah. but for the most part, yeah, like it's kind of the same. Like you kind of you're able to confer the same concepts to somebody, yeah. But like with like Russian, like that's not that's not how this works. And isn't it interesting too when you start when you start seeing the way that they construct their language, you can kind of start understanding the way they think. Exactly. Because I, I kind of had a moment like that where, um. You know, when I was learning Chinese and it was like the way that they do numbers. So, you know, the way our alphabet works is you have a um, you have 26 letters that make sounds and when you put them all together, they make certain sounds. But when you look at a Chinese character, it's, uh, there's no indication of what that sounds like. Yeah. There's no, you can't glean context from that. You just kind of have to know like what that is. But when they do, when they build their numbers, it's like... Um, if you want to say 11, it's 10 plus 1. So just counting and saying a number is doing math. Exactly. So you kind of start to see why they're, they have a proficiency in math. Because doing something as simple as saying a number requires arithmetic. Whereas you have a concept here, you know, in English, we have a concept of 10. You just roll it over. It's 10. Yeah. That's just 10. You wouldn't say, and you say 11. 11 is just 11. No. You, in order to say 11, you don't say 10 plus 1. Or 10 times 3. No. You know, you just say 10 times 3 is just 30. No. Like, we just have a word for that. So that's already kind of built into the language structure. That's already built into the language structure. No. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, um, I I might be wrong about it, but I'm pretty sure, like, so you have, you had, there's characters for 1 through 10, and then you have 0. But some, some words, like, uh, for 2, is said two different ways. Really? They have a character and a word for the value of two, and they have a character and a word for the concept of two, like a pair. Yeah. It's very weird. Hmm. And they have a they have a character and a word for zero, but they also have a character and a word for the concept of zero, nothingness. Well, nothingness and zero aren't necessarily the same thing. When you think about zero as a mathematical value, yeah, it's it is different than you know the idea of. Well, it's the same thing with like, um, like, 
like you did some computer science stuff. Like zero and null are not the same thing. Yeah. Null is they is a blank value. It yeah. it, it represents nothing, yeah. right? Whereas like zero is still a value. It just, it just represents the absence of something. Yeah. Right. It's 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 a really weird way to think about it. It's it's a very abstract way of thinking about what that value is. And um, the thing about Chinese is like it's such a tonal language. Like I would so I would go to the Chinese restaurant that we like, and I would tell it's the only Chinese speaking person I had in my life, so that was who I would yeah. speak Chinese to, and it was like. I know I'm saying this correctly, but there's all these, like, you know, in voice inflections and everything, and if you don't do it perfectly, it doesn't sound like anything to them. Yeah. They're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's like, uh, if you want to say um, goodbye, it's Zaijian. Yeah. But if you say Zaijian, and like a, it's it's Zaijian, that's how you say goodbye. But if you say Zaijian... And like an American accent, that doesn't sound like anything. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck does that? Yeah. What did you say? That's just nonsense to me. <laughs> just speaking gibberish. Yeah, but you put a little bit of accent on it, and all of a sudden it comes through clearly. Yeah. Like, um, I tried to say, how are you today? It's, it's Nijian Shima. And I said that to her, and she was like, huh? And I was like, Nijian Shima. But I wasn't saying it with the right accent. Yeah. She was like, she was like, no, no, no. Nijian Shima. And I was like, that's what I said. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's what the exactly, fuck I said. That's what I said, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird when you have a language like that, and then Spanish, on the other hand, is just like as you if you say the word, <laughs> you no. know, they understand. Yeah, you can what you butcher said. it pretty good. You can butcher like, it pretty yeah. good. They will still get what you're saying. Um, it's it's kind of funny too. When I first started learning Spanish and in, in the not in school, but like in the capacity of using it, like speaking to people, no. it's like. Uh, I picked up most of my working at the restaurant because the cooks, the cooks spoke Spanish, and it was important to, <laughs> speak Be able to, to yeah. them because they're cooking the food yeah. that I give to the people who give me money. So it was important. And uh, one of the things they told me was, you know, when you speak Spanish, speak it with an accent. No. Yeah. Like, speak it with a Spanish accent or a Mexican accent. And I was like, that seems rude. Yeah. And I guess it seems racist to do yeah. that. They're like, no, think about it. That's what we're used to hearing. No. Yeah. So if you speak it that way, it's it's easier for us to understand what it is that you're saying. Yeah. I guess it would be, yeah, it would make sense. Like if like if somebody came from like Germany or something like that, and like they were trying to speak English with like a German accent, it'd like be it, harder for you to understand. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like if I knew like they could speak it with like a regular like English like proper English accent, I'd yeah. be like, oh, I understand what you're saying. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, oh, you're being racist yeah. towards me. You're being, yeah. And isn't that interesting, too, that it's, like, just trying to communicate with somebody, like, in, like, with an accent that they understand that, like, we automatically assume that that would be a racist thing to do? Yeah. Whereas, like, when really all I'm trying to do is communicate with you. Yeah, well, because it would be racist if you went up to a Chinese person. You went yeah. ching chong, ping pong. Yeah. That's, ra- <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. racist. That's super fucking racist. <laughs> like, you can't do that. Yeah. But it's just interesting that it kind of has, like, leaked over into, like, yeah. you, like, trying to make, like, an actual attempt yeah. to, like, try to communicate with this yeah. person. Yeah, that was, you know, that was, uh, even now it's a hurdle. It's like if I see somebody who's, you know, speaks Spanish, I still feel like it's rude for me to just go up and start speaking Spanish to that person. No. And I, it almost kind of seems, like, pretentious in a way. No. Um. So, I, you know, even now, sometimes, unless I'm, like, very familiar with the person, like, at the Mexican restaurant, I know yeah. a lot of those people all speak Spanish to them, but they'll speak Spanish to me. Yeah. So, 
I guess it's more familiar. But like going up to just a random person on the street and just start speaking Spanish to him, like, what if they don't speak Spanish? What if they speak like Portuguese? And yeah. Well, I mean, also too, it's an interesting thing to take into consideration because a lot of people get really upset when they're like, they're like, oh, well, English shouldn't be the language of America. It's like, well, if we're saying that, then should when I see somebody that looks like they might be Hispanic, like, yeah. should I speak to them in Spanish? Do I just make an assumption? Or do I just make an assumption? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And that's the thing with Chinese, too, is, like, you can't just assume everybody speaks Mandarin because you have yeah. Cantonese, Fujinese. Yeah. Or and, that might be, like, yeah. a third-generation Chinese person. They're like, what are you talking what about? The, I don't know. If I don't speak <laughs> Chinese. <what> the <laughs> and it's like, you know, if you put a Chinese person next to a Korean person, I'm sorry, but I, I can't, tell, I the can't tell the difference. I can't tell the difference. Nope. This is it's the same exact thing if you put me next to a person from California. Can you tell that I'm from Georgia and they're from California? Nope. Maybe by what we're wearing, but no. you know, no, you can't tell. So it would be presu- if we spoke different languages, it would be presumptuous to go up yeah. to one of us and exactly. Speak It'd be like language. putting me next to somebody that's like from Russia. Germ- like Russia. Yeah, you can't tell the difference. Yeah. It'd be like what? I don't. Yeah. And Fujinese and Chinese are they sound same as well? Cantonese and Chinese sound the same. It's kind of funny because I started when I started learning Chinese, I was like. I'm going to go watch It, Man, and see how much of that I'm picking up on. And I wasn't picking up on anything. You're like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah, they're speaking Cantonese. It's a different language. <laughs> <laughs> like, some languages are similar. Like, you know, Mary and I are planning on going to, uh, to Italy at the end of the year. And I was like, okay, well, I know that Italy and Spanish just share a lot of similarities. Yeah. I was like, I should be able to pick up on some of it, at least contextually. Nope. It's, it's way different. If you take an Italian, if a, if an Italian person speaks Italian to a Spanish-speaking person, they're not going to understand each other. No, yeah, there's <laughs> there's a languages. few things that sort of like transfer over. Yeah. It's the same way with like English. It's like uh, computadora, like yeah. that's com- that's computer. Yeah, clearly, that's computer. Like, it's, obviously, that's computer. I yeah. can tell from just you saying that yeah. that you're talking about a computer. Yeah, it's like uh, in in English, hospital. Yeah. In Spanish, hospital. Yeah, and, it's like, oh. In Italy, in Italy, Opito. Yeah. In German, Krankenhaus. <laughs> Krankenhaus. <laughs> Ambulances, Krankenwagen. <laughs> like, I don't want to get in it. <laughs> How did that language happen when right next door is France? And they speak French. Yeah, and then Italy's like right there. Italy's right there, and we're all speaking different things. We're just like right here next Europe's to each other. Europe's a weird place. It is. Europe is a weird place because you got to take into consideration. It's like you have like Germany that's here, and you have like Spain that's right here. Greeks is a totally different thing over here. Yeah. And you have the UK that's up here. And then up in here, you yeah. have like the Vikings. Yeah. It's like you have like this mishmash. And, they, and all the Vikings speak Swedish and Finnish and Norwegian, and all that's different. Yeah. So. And then it's you like, have like no wonder they're all killing each other. Yeah. Nobody understood who. The and then you have like Poland over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've always really liked uh, learning about like languages and like where they come from and stuff like that because it, it's you know language is like the best window into a society and a culture, like the way they think about things and why they do the things that they do. Yeah, it's like we were saying. It's like you have like certain languages, like they don't. It's like we don't have a word for for that. That that word doesn't exist yeah. in our language, and it's it's. 
when you say like that word doesn't exist in our language, it's like, well, then you don't have any way of conveying whatever that emotion might be yeah. or like whatever it is that you're trying to get across. So it's sort of like, um, uh, have you ever read 1984 by George Orwell? Uh. So in that in that book, not not to say I'm not trying to make a parallel between language and in this book or like languages in this book, but in that book, like he made he makes a pretty good point. It's they have like a um, I think it's called like double speak or whatever, where it's yeah. like you say something but you really mean another thing. Yeah. And there's also there's not a partic- there's not a way for you to convey like a particular emotion that you're feeling. Yeah. So it's like when you take that that vocabulary away is like now you're controlling the language and now you're controlling speech. Yeah. Which is interesting because now it adjusts, it how you it, think. It, adjusts it changes the way that you think yeah. and your thought process. If you take away, you can take away a concept by taking away the ability to convey that concept. Exactly. Yeah. It's very interesting. I know that, you know, German has, German in particular has a lot of words for concepts, very specific concepts. Yeah. It's like, they have a word, and I don't remember what it is, some big, long, complicated word, specifically for when you put a sauce on a piece of meat. Really? Yeah. We would just say, you put sauce on meat. No. They have a word for that. No. It's the same thing with Chinese. If you want to say 30, you would say, uh, I think it's it's Sanxi, which is three times 10. Yeah. We would just say 30. 30. We right. have a word for 30. You don't right. have to explain 30. No. You, you get, just say you 30. 10 three times. Yeah. Can I just say, yeah, it's like if you if you went to a Mexican restaurant, you know they have a lot of like combinations and stuff. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say, I want the number four times 10. Yeah. Like you want the number four 10 times? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. like there would be a miscommunication on what it is exactly that you'd that like you to mean. have. Yeah. But all you're trying to say is 40. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also comes across too, like if you look at like, if you look at like Chinese restaurant like menus and stuff sometimes, it's like you'll see... Like it's like it does that doesn't translate well. Yeah, it's like when I'm sure like if you have someone that's actually doing the translating for it, mm-hmm. it's like they're if you knew exactly how to read it and then you also understood English very well, you'd be like that doesn't translate well. Like I'm yeah. gonna have to I'm gonna have to change this structure a little yeah. bit in, in order, order to, to get the same concept. Exactly. Across. Yeah, it's like uh, you know when you Google Translate like uh, a, a sentence in Chinese. It comes across like half English. You're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Most because some of those words don't have an English counterpart. Exactly. Some of those words in Chinese need ten other words in order to get the same point across. And that's a really hard concept to to understand when you're learning something that isn't a isn't a Latin based language. Yeah. Where it's like because if you're learning a Latin based <laughs> language, you're starting from this idea of like the sentence structure is sort of the same. Yeah. It's, you can still kind of get across like the same concepts and everything. Whereas like if you're learning like a, a language that isn't Latin based, it's yeah. like then the concept is totally different. Yeah. Yeah, because when you when you're learning a language, especially at first, it's like you are really the first thing that happens is you think about what it is you want to say, you translate it, and then you say it. And it's you're still you're not you're not thinking you're not you're not speaking the way that you speak. You're just translating what you're saying. So, you know, it's like when, I, when you speak Spanish, when you ask somebody, how, like, how, how's your day? Or, like, how are you? It's como estas. And I don't, I'm not saying, okay, como is how, estas is you. And then I say that. I just know that very naturally because I've yeah. said it so many times. Whereas in, in, uh, in Chinese, I have to think, about, okay, well, how does that go again? And then you say it. And then, of Correct. course, yeah. you know, because my Chinese sucks, I can't say it correctly and it doesn't mean anything. So, 
once you you get a point where it's you're just speaking it, you just know that's what you want to convey, and you do it. You you can get more of who you are comes through when you're speaking. Yeah. yeah. It's like um, you know, if I want to say what's your phone number, and uh, in Spanish, like see, even right now, I'm like I'm drawing a blank. I think it's uh. uh it's cuál es cuál es tu número? Something like that. That sounds Como, right. Or quant, something like that. But in oh. in Chinese, it's ni da di ma which literally yeah. translated is ni da is your, di ma is telephone number, and doi shao is like what's the value? Yeah. So the, what you're saying literally translated is your telephone number. What value? Yeah, but to them it's what's your tele what's your phone number. Yeah, so like like we said before, you know, the concepts are very different in how you correct. And if you, you if it. you cut off portions of that in order to make it sound more like an English structured sentence, yeah. they wouldn't understand what the yeah. fuck you're talking about. It doesn't about. make any sense <laughs> <laughs> because the concepts and the ideas don't translate well. Yeah, that's why language is uh, like I said. I think language is the best window into how a culture thinks and yeah. how they kind of came to be and why they are the way they are. So, but yeah, I think it's interesting. <clears throat> well, um, that's all we've got time for today. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. We hope that you, I almost said, I hope you appreciate it. I really hope you appreciate <laughs> <laughs> what we're doing for you. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed. Um, as always, if you guys have any questions or concerns or anything you want us to talk about, feel free to shoot us a message on the Facebook page, send an email uh, to thickboypodcast at gmail.com. Um, once again, we have. Uh, plenty of stickers left over. Um, so if you're wanting stickers, send us a message with your address, an email with your address. We're not going to show up at your house and hand deliver them like a freak, <laughs> but we will mail them to you. So, you have anything you want to close with? No, I was just pretty surprised that we didn't uh, we didn't get any hate on the Roe v. Wade. Uh, yeah, discussion. <laughs> well, we, I try. I, you know, whenever we dive into something like that, I try to be as diplomatic as possible yeah. and still get my point across. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's very. Um, I, yeah, like, what? even, like, after, like, we did that episode, I was like, whew. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it was, like, tiptoeing on landmines. <laughs> <laughs> Walking on eggshells. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, thanks again, everybody. Um, that was something I want to say. Oh, yeah, I'm putting, I am putting together a uh, a compilation of, like, a best of compilation, just like our favorite moments from the past couple episodes. Episodes. It was supposed to be to celebrate 25 episodes, but as is per usual, I'm yeah. late with we're, getting that we're out. We're behind on we're, things. We're behind on schedule. So even this morning, I was late getting up so we could actually record. Well, there you go. So, but yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. Everybody.